Welcome to the Rocky and Meisty Show for another edition. I should say the return of the Rocky and Meisty Show, number two. We welcome you back. We have a lot to get through today. We're very excited to have you with us. Um, talking about, of course, previewing week two of the NFL. Exciting week in the NBA. Big upset. Nuggets coming back from a 3-1 deficit. Unbelievable. Unbelievable to beat the Clippers. We have a lot to get to. First, we want to tell you to follow us on Instagram, on Twitter, at Rocky and Meisty. If you have any questions, you could text us. Um, and exciting news, we actually just released our podcast onto the TuneIn Radio app. I know a lot of people have the TuneIn Radio app, so that should be convenient for many of you. Um, so if you want, we have on our Twitter account, we have attached there the link to our TuneIn Radio podcast, to our podcast on TuneIn Radio, or you can just go ahead to the app and type in the Rocky and Meisty Show. And with that... Let's go ahead and get started. Let's get right into it. Let's okay. do it. Oh, so what's, where should we start here, Meisty? I think we should start. Let's first take a look at last week's Monday night game because we did the podcast earlier on Monday. We didn't have an opportunity to discuss the Steelers, which I wanted to get to. So let's discuss that for a second. Now, the Steelers, if you saw and see, one of CBS power rankings had the Steelers as the fourth-ranked team in one of their power rankings. I forgot who it was. Prisco? Was that his name? He had the Steelers as fourth-ranked team. Prisco. He had the Ravens as number five. That was a little controversial. But anyway, so, so it, was, uh, it was Big Ben coming through on Monday night, put up an impressive performance, led the Steelers to victory, albeit against a weak Giants team. He put up an impressive performance, and it begs the question, is Big Ben back? I mean, he's 38 years old. He hasn't been – the last time he did play, he was on the field. He was – mediocre, maybe a little above mediocre, not nearly a shell of the old Big Ben, the future first bat Hall of Famer that we know. That's for sure. But the question is, can he maybe be good enough to keep the Steelers in contention for one of the seven playoff spots? Uh, I really don't think so. I, I really think that last year we saw this the opposite way. He started off really against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, that game with Fitzmagic and Big Ben came out and he didn't look as good. He then picked it up a little bit, got injured. Um, I think that he's coming out, he's he's energized, but I think that this he's just going to wear down very quickly. Um, the same reason I don't think Brady has the success this year and Drew Brees. I mean, they're consistent, but we'll see what happens. Um, but I don't I don't see it being so bright the future this year for uh, Big Ben. Yeah, I agree, and I think this is just a sample size for Big Ben. This does not indicate what he's going to perform like the rest of the year. Like you said, he's a guy that starts out right out of the gate, always very sharp. I think he's always a guy that starts out the season quickly. And he's 38 years old. He's banged up. And even more so than Tom Brady and Drew Brees, Big Ben has suffered numerous injuries throughout his career. He's gotten hit more than any of those guys pretty much combined. Tom Brady and Drew Brees are guys that have sat behind good offensive lines throughout their careers. Ben Roethlisberger has had to be on the run for most of his career. He's had to endure a lot of hits. So, I, yeah, I agree with you. I, I don't necessarily think this is an indication that Big Ben will have a great year, although we'll see. He's certainly surprised us in the past. But Big Ben might have not even been the big story. It was Saquon Barkley with six rushing yards uh, on yeah, Monday well, night. I mean, yeah. Unbelievable. Uh, so, um, I mean, the Steelers' defense, see – I'm not going to say that the Steelers don't have a chance at the playoffs because the division, I mean, there's the Ravens and there's the Bengals and the Browns. So we'll see what happens with the Bengals and the Browns. Anything's up in there. The Bengals are, I mean, they're a talented team and so are the Browns very talented. But the Steelers, 
I don't think Big Ben can get them to the playoffs. But that defense, that defense is on. I mean, TJ Watt is just one of the best pass rushers in the game. They're stopping the run on every play. Every time Saquon Barkley even touched the ball, they attacked him. So I definitely, you know, think that the defense can definitely bring them afar, take them very far this season. I agree. I think the Steelers' defense is certainly the strength of their team. Uh, TJ Watt proved Monday night that he is, in fact, one of the best pass rushers in the game. And that secondary is fantastic for the Steelers as well. They certainly proved that. And we see a phenomena here. I mean, this is something that we discussed in the past. Saquon Barkley is an incredible athlete, an incredible freak of nature. But there's only so far he can go with the putrid offensive line that the Giants feature. And we see, we saw that on Monday night. They went up against a tough defense in Pittsburgh, and their offensive line is not very good. And as a result, Saquon Barkley. So even though he's one of the most talented running backs we've seen, perhaps since Barry Sanders, he, he only can go as far as his offensive line takes him. Well, it's the same question we have with the, with the Philadelphia Eagles and the Washington football team is, right, the Washington football team sacked him eight times. The Steelers were put, I think, more than any other team this week. So the real question is, um, is it just the bad offensive line or is it the Steelers are that good? Uh, is it the Steelers are that good and the Giants have somewhat of an offensive line and they just look really bad against such a good – you know, the same question we'll have for other teams. That's why week two is even more exciting because you get to learn so much more about a team because now you see them play a different team. And, and that's why week three is also good and week four are following. Eventually, you start getting into the groove of realizing, all right, this team's really good. This team's really bad. This team needs to improve this. This team needs to improve that. And uh, that's why I love week two and I'm excited. I agree. It's certainly it's too small of a sample size after week one to jump to drastic conclusions. But – you know, some things look convincing, some things don't. And the Steelers did. Their defense, as you said, look convincing. What is it? Is it the offensive line? Is it not? That that question comes up a lot in football. You know, what what as a result of what did this team give up so many sacks, throw so many interceptions, whatever it is. But the Steelers will host the Broncos on Sunday. Um, and speaking of the Broncos, they also played Monday night. And, you know, people seem to – People, I mean, that was a good game down to the wire. I got to say, um, Tannehill, listen, Tannehill's keeping up his impressive play from last year. Now, to say a middle-aged man in Tannehill who had a late surge in his career last year really impressed a lot and, and, and helped the Titans make the playoffs and not only make the playoffs, but then beat the Patriots and the Ravens, two of the best teams in football. It was impressive. And last night, he put together a two-minute drill to win the game, the last-second field goal. But... How far can Tannehill take the Titans? And can Derrick Hunt – well, Derrick Henry have to carry this team? That's the question. Um, I, think, uh, I think that Derrick Henry is one of the most uh, – I mean, I don't say the most, but I think he's very overrated. I think that last year he got, he got on a roll and it was just like a, a train and, and it just kept rolling. But what happened to him in the beginning of last year? Where was he all that time? They are handing him the ball. They were giving him the ball also. You know, so, yeah, he just turned on the Jets. So maybe we'll see that again this year. But – you know, especially in the fantasy world, uh, there are so many people jumping onto this Derrick Henry, and I'm thinking it doesn't make any sense. The last year he does it also. And the question is this year you're assuming he's going to eventually at one point, in some point in this year, he's just going to turn it on. Hopefully he does for their sake because that's how they, they, they got to the so far in the playoffs. But we'll see uh, how that comes And I think it's a similar year. concept with Ryan Tannehill. Like you said, will Derrick Henry – continue to play at an impressive level. He did not play at an impressive level for the entire year last year. Will Ryan Tannehill continue to play at that level? Like I mentioned, there's a lot of question marks surrounding Tennessee Titans. 
in that division, it's a wide open division, though obviously the Texans have the upper hand as a result of Deshaun Watson. That defense is not very good. That offensive line is not very good. The Titans might have the most complete team in the, uh, in the division. So they have a shot. They have a shot to make the playoffs again this year. It'll largely be dependent on Derrick Henry, that offensive line, how they gel together, and how Ryan Tannehill continues to play. But I hear why you would say Derrick Henry is overrated. Well, yeah, Rocky, you have all these question marks, but I can tell you one thing for yeah. sure. I can tell you that the ba- the Browns and Baker Mayfield cannot win a game. <laughs> oh, they and 16. Oh, and 16. And that's the one thing that that is the one thing that does not have question marks. I'm not sure what's wrong with that team. I, I, I've been wondering so much. People are bugging. People are really bugging about Baker Mayfield. I don't blame it on him so much. He's very talented. I think the fact that he has four coaches in three years and the style of play keeps changing. Unbelievable. unbelievable. And that's going to be an interesting matchup tomorrow night with Baker going up against the rookie Joe Burrow. And uh, people, I mean, everyone's bugging out now. I mean, Baker with his, with his subpar yeah. price, terrible performance last week against the Ravens against an extremely tough Ravens team. But last year, he was a mediocre quarterback. We discussed this in the podcast a couple days ago, and it's raised a lot of concern. We saw the backlash from Baker, Baker Mayfield's performance. I mean, everyone on all the major media outlets were going nuts, and we're saying, that's it. Browns are done. Tank. I wouldn't go that far because it's still early, but it certainly looks concerning. And we have an interesting matchup this week because we have a lot of question marks with the Cleveland Browns. They're a talented team, but the most talented players there, namely OBJ, Baker Mayfield, have not come to play recently. And the Bengals are a team that have even more question marks, a very bad football team, with a rookie quarterback that had a pretty good performance and led them to victory in week one. This is going to be an interesting an interesting matchup. No, they didn't. I'm sorry, that almost led them to victory. You're right. That almost led them to victory in week one. That put, the, sure. put them in position to win in week one. But this is going to be an interesting performance. Um, an interesting matchup on Thursday night because you have so many question marks around both these teams. And these are AFC North rivals. Um, yeah. So we'll have to see how that plays out. They said Baker Mayfield only earned last week a 57 uh, grade, according to PFF, and only 4.8 yards per attempt against the Ravens, which is even less, which is even less, I believe, than Drew Brees. And we know how Drew Brees doesn't have that arm strength anymore. Um, he was one of the yeah, lo- he was he had one of the worst performances of any week one starter last week. He certainly did. He'll have to look to turn that around against a bad Cincinnati Bengals defense. If he does not play well tomorrow night, that is extremely concerning and alarming to me. I don't know about you. Uh, well, I, it could turn. There's two ways this game can obviously go. I mean, and this game can go anyway. What do I know? But um, the I could see a big shootout going on. I know that there's both defenses have a lot of struggles. Uh, I know that they're both two high-powered offenses. There's a lot of talent on the Browns' offense. So if they can get that going, they can just be putting up so many points. And on the other side, Joe Burrow, he's exciting. People want to see him play. Um, he's excited to play. Um, so I definitely think that he could put up a lot of points. Joe Mixon, the Browns in the past have struggled to stop him. So once again, we'll see what's going on with that. Yeah, so Joe well. Mixon has rushed for 308 yards and three touchdowns in the last two matchups against the Browns. So that's going to be interesting to watch. He de- generally shreds them to pieces. So we'll see how that plays out. He averages, well, he averages what is it, 108 yards per game on, on the ground against them or something? Against that's unbelievable. What an unbelievable figure. And moving on yeah. to the exact opposite, Tom Brady, a seasoned veteran, 
We discussed him at length last week, and he's this week he's going up against a Carolina defense. Last week against a very, very tough Saints defense. He did not play well through two interceptions. Up and down, had some nice throws, showed some old Tom Brady, showed some signs of wear and tear, showed some signs of decline, no question. And I think we're all convinced that Tom Brady's on the way down as a result of his performance last year and as a result of his performance last week. His arm strength's not there anymore. He could certainly lead the Buccaneers to some sort of playoff position. But how far will he take them? We don't know. But he has a much better shot this week going up against a bad Carolina offense. A bad Carolina offense. Um, so he should be able to take advantage of, of, the, of, that, of that defense, this, of the bad Carolina defense this week. Yeah, not offense. Their, Their offense, offense is, is exciting. exciting. I mean, Tyrod Taylor yeah, is not an exciting player per se, but. No, it's, it's the Panthers, Rocky. It's, uh, Teddy Bridgewater, Bridgewater is not. Right. He's, he's also not an exciting player. Yeah, but there's still Christian McCaffrey, Christian McCaffrey, Moore, exciting, sure. Robbie Anderson. I, Teddy Bridgewater so, is interesting. Teddy Bridgewater now. is interesting because we didn't discuss him last week because everyone's so sold on him like being a successful NFL quarterback and they, he's been a backup his entire career. There's a reason for that. Why is why is everyone so obsessed with him? I I couldn't really understand that. Well, last year he had last year he came in for Drew Brees for was it four games and put up some crazy okay, numbers great. in four games against some good teams. Against some good teams and, and last Matt year. did the same thing. And where is he since he signed a million dollar, a billion dollar contract with the Packers? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> okay, you come in, and you, you play a few games, and you're successful for a few games in the NFL, and now everyone's drooling over. And everyone's like, oh, Panthers, that's it. They have a good offense. They're a good team. They're going to be competitive this year because of Teddy Bridgewater. What? <laughs> Nick Foles. Nick, Nick Foles, Foles is the same situation. Yes, true. True. Nick Foles is similar. But Nick Foles. They're back Nick Foles up. is different because Nick Foles led them to a Super Bowl run. Here we're talking about a guy that led them to a few victories and looked sharp in a few games. You know, this is it. You know what I always say, Rocky? I always say Tom Brady's a backup quarterback. <laughs> it doesn't matter what position. If you get the opportunity, you know, you take advantage. That's why he's – so he, Teddy Bridgewater has an opportunity to become a starting quarterback I'm happy for Ted, I'm happy it's for Teddy Bridgewater. Don't get me wrong. I'm happy he gets a chance to prove himself. It's been a while for him. He's been bouncing around a lot. Shout no, out, I'm Teddy. happy for him. Don't, don't get me wrong. But now you're going to drool over a guy that's been extremely unproven in the league. We'll see how he pans out against that very right. good Patriots defense. That, that's going to be a big test for him. Maybe he can prove me wrong this week against the Patriots and Tom Brady. Well, yeah, you're going to see <laughs> But both teams don't don't want to go. You know, both teams are went lost last week, right? The Panthers, I believe, lost last week to the to the right. Las Vegas Raiders. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah, they both lost last week. I want to say they did. Am I crazy no, I in saying that, that they didn't lose? You know, I, I I'm I'm suffering um, well, from, way, from, both... from a memory loss here as well. <laughs> I no, the, yes, they did. They lost the Las Vegas Raiders thirty four to thirty last week. Okay, okay, I'm just making sure. Okay, so both teams are 0-1. No one wants to start the season, you know, be that team that starts the season 0-2. It doesn't go – it's not easy from there. So, um, I think it's going to be an interesting game. Both teams are going to come in trying to win win a real football game here to not have them uh, start 0-2 in a tough – in a division yes, game. you want to be in Tom Brady's way when he needs a victory, and you're not such a good team to begin with. No, that's not no. going to be pretty for the Panthers. That's, and they're that's going correct. into Tampa Bay – with a, with a capacity true. of zero fans over there in uh, Raymond James Stadium. So, <laughs> see how that plays out. And Well, the truth is also, I mean, if, if, if uh, Tom Brady, if Mike Evans doesn't, does, isn't healthy, I mean, Tom Brady's going to have another no game of struggles. And 
So, but if there's Mike Evans, I think he has a very good chance of taking home the. And, taking and the Mike Evans would make it easier for him to gel with this offense, which we saw he struggled doing last week. But if he had Mike Evans, it would be a little easier of an adjustment, being that he has that talent of a receiver. But now that he's had to adjust on the fly without preseason, without it's hard. It's been we he saw the struggles last week, you know. Uh, well, someone that you've considered the greatest tight end in football, Rob Gronkowski. Yeah. Who I've said is not the greatest quarter uh, tight end in <laughs> NFL history. Is he just along for the ride in Tampa Bay? Is he just because Tom Brady and him are boys and uh, they're just he's just hanging out? If the, if they make the playoffs, he'll show up and play. If not, he'll just he'll just go home and 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 uh, I don't know what he does. It's funny you mentioned Party. Rob Gronkowski because he obviously had a Hall of Fame career, but when he retired, everyone was going nuts. Remember? We're like, what's going on? He's so young. He's only been in the league nine years. Why is he retiring? But we see now we see exactly why he retired. I mean, he should have stayed in the broadcast booth, to be honest. Um, yeah, maybe maybe yeah. they can see some sort of production out of Gronkowski. Maybe he can he can uh, he can play with the system, and him and Brady can retain their original chemistry that they had. We could see how that plays out, but it's hard to see Gronk making any real impact on the game this year. Um, so that's definitely an intriguing storyline to look at. And then we'll move on to the uh, the Eagles against the Rams. I, I think I think a good game, an intriguing game uh, that's going on this weekend. The, the reason this is so intriguing is because we mentioned, you mentioned the Washington football team. Carson Wentz was under pressure on over 40% of his snaps last week. And here he is going up against none other than Aaron Donald. I mean, will that improve this week? Will that improve? That that. It's going to be hard for him to not be under pressure 40% of the time against that beast. If the rookie Chase Young was getting to him, can you imagine what the veteran and Donald You're absolutely right. To him before, You're before absolutely Carson right. I mean, my heart goes out to the guy. And the, uh, the, the offensive line, and in addition, the offensive line has, is missing three of their key players, three of their starters. And they say that Lane Johnson might make it back this week, which would be big for them. But they're still missing three of their starters. Jeez. And that was and, and going up against a guy in Aaron who was fantastic last week, I think puts put on seven pressures or ten pressures against Dak Prescott and the Cowboys on Sunday night football. That was impressive. You never want to go up against he's a one man wrecking crew. I'm not saying the Rams necessarily have a as talented of an of a defensive line as the Washington football team does. Washington football team has Ryan Kerrigan and, and a few other pieces. They really only have Aaron Donald, but he's as if you have three good defensive linemen. To stop, to, to, to rush the passer, yes. to stop the run, he does it all. It, it's going to be a nightmare for the Eagles. It could very well be a nightmare for the Eagles. Yeah, I mean, it's going to def- it's definitely going to be a nightmare. And uh, I don't see the Eagles' defense really stopping Jared Goff. I mean, they, Jared, I mean, we'll see what they do. It's going to be an interesting game, that's for sure. Um, hopefully, Miles Sanders returns this week. That will definitely help the Eagles. Uh, and It'll be a good game because the Rams like to make Absolutely, and that's interesting because Miles Sanders is going to make his debut against the run-stuffing master in Aaron Donald. So, you know, I don't know. Maybe all those fantasy owners who are so high on him are going to have to wait another week for his break, but maybe not. We'll see what, how that plays out. Maybe he'll have a good day. Well, he definitely the passing. Definitely the passing game no is going to help him there. No question. So. He's always been a, a threat in the receiving game. And then let's move on to the uh, – San Francisco 49ers, Jimmy G and his terrible performance last week. Um, now he's going up against the Jets. So 
So he has a chance to, you know, it's funny. A lot of quarterbacks that had bad performances last week that underperformed are going up against underwhelming defenses this week and have a chance to rebound. And this, there's no exception with, um, with Jimmy Garoppolo going up against the New York Jets defense. Kittle might be out. How do you think that's going to impact Jimmy G trying to rebound? Last week, the 49ers had four receivers. One of them got hurt early in the game. Um, if Kittle's out, that, that just makes it even worse for them. Um, they really can't afford that. And um, so, I, and I mean, like I said last week, the 49ers, Richard Sherman's on the IR. The IR this year is only three weeks, so it's not such a big deal. But um, we'll see what happens. It's a high ankle sprain, I think he has, or yeah. something like that. Um, something's bothering him. I don't think it's a sprain. I, uh, I forgot exactly what it was. But, um, yeah, if Kittle's out, their defense, this is the week to definitely uh, redeem themselves. Um, they have an easy schedule for the next couple of weeks. Uh, they, they play the Dolphins as well. So there's definitely a couple of weeks for him to, to for Jimmy Garoppolo to redeem himself. But if he, if he shows up to, against the Jets and, and, does not, and plays the same way he played last week, there's going to be some real issues in, in San Francisco. The Niners are going to get a chance to get a taste of what it's like to be the Patriots all these years and play the Jets and the Dolphins the next couple of weeks. How sweet it is. But this is gonna the the, the the thing about this matchup is that you have two guys in Jimmy Garoppolo and Sam Darnold that had two of the worst performances as, uh, from quarterbacks in Week One. Jimmy Garoppolo's grade on PFF was about four, with less than fifty, and Sam Darnold had the number one worst grade at forty point two. So they both put up very bad performances, and they're both going up. I mean, Jim, uh, Jimmy G has a chance. I mean, the Jets are not going up against an easy defense. Sam Darnold, with his struggles, with his questions, I wouldn't bet on him against the Niners defense. Jimmy G, if Kittle's there, then I could see him rebounding. Like you said, I could see him having a much better performance this week. I mean, he, he can only go up from last week. Yeah, speaking of another quarterback who's, uh, who's, who's struggling big time, Rocky, uh, Philip Rivers, once again, is just on another team with more struggles. And I don't think it's uh, the team. I don't think it's the receivers. I think it's uh, Philip Rivers. Rivers. And I think it's time for that team to start uh, Jacoby Brissett. I don't know if it's going to make any upgrades, but it definitely might, uh, it definitely might help. Yeah, them. I agree. I mean, listen, put Jacoby Brissett out there. What are they gain by playing a, a, a 38-year-old Philip Rivers who's washed up, who did not play well last week at all, and – I don't think anyone expected him to play. I mean, I didn't expect him to play well going into this year. It's not like he was great last year. And why did people expect – that's another one. I mean, people expect the Colts to win nine. Their over-under was in Vegas was nine and a half. Nine and a half? I understand the Colts have a good team. Don't get me wrong. But you're only going to go as far as your quarterback goes. Do they have a better – do you think they have a better chance of reaching that nine and a half with Rivers or with Brissett? I mean, well, uh, with Brissett. But the thing is with – the thing is with the Colts is last week they got beat by Jacksonville. So is Jacksonville like the same thing, right? This is why week two is so exciting because week one question marks were, are the Colts bad or, and they just lost to Jacksonville or is Jacksonville good? Did the Colts just get unlucky? You know, there's so many question marks. So we'll have to see what week two. Jacoby Brissett probably shouldn't be started. It's a little, um, probably definitely not for the next, as, as long as they're in the playoff contention, as long until they're eliminated, really, or unless he continues to put up bad performances. Like I said, it's all about winning football games. And if you can't win football games, you got to Absolutely. Be and it's, it is a little early to dismiss Phil Rivers. I agree. He was the product of a few turnovers last week. And their running game was putrid also. Um, they actually 
had negative production from their running game last week. So that was a factor in the Colts' loss to the Jaguars. And this week he's got to go be going up against Xavier Rhodes. Um, I'm sorry, this week uh, this week he's going to go up against Kirk Cousins, who's going to also have to try to rebound himself because both these teams lost last week. And he's going to have to try to rebound against his former teammate in Xavier Rhodes. That's where I got mixed up who didn't have a good game, only a 39.3 grade last week, who did not have a good game last week, but he's a fantastic addition to that secondary. And both these quarterbacks are going to have a hard time. They're going to have a hard time against the defenses. I feel like Xavier Rhodes is, uh, I feel like Xavier Rhodes is a little bit of a washed-up cornerback, and uh, I think his time in the NFL is sort of done. And uh, last year he didn't play too well. There's a reason why Minnesota didn't want him around anymore. Um, I think that Kirk Cousins might just sit there and attack Xavier Rhodes because he knows what he plays like, and it might actually help Kirk Cousins here to uh, to get a win. Even if you want to say Xavier Rhodes is washed up, which I understand that, I mean, their replacements have not been much better. Each of the three cornerbacks on the team last week gave up 80 or more receiving yards on the Minnesota Vikings. So although they got rid of who you claim to be a washed up Xavier Rhodes, it's not like they have anything better. I understand that. So it's hard to tell, but we're going to have to see how that plays out. We're going to have to split those teams rebound because they both desperately need wins. But I'll tell you who doesn't desperately need a win. That's Aaron Rodgers and the Packers because, I mean, he, that, he's a bad man. What a bad Smooth. man. He's a bad man. That needs one, though. And, and it's hard to say desperately yeah. needs a win in week two. It, it, plenty of teams have started 0-2 and made the playoffs. It's not like your season's over if you start 0-2, especially with, a, with two additional playoff spots available this year. But Aaron Rodgers is a guy that toured up last week, probably the best performance of any quarterback last week, along with uh, Lamar Jackson. And he put up he, – his accuracy was accurate on 80 87% of his passes last week. And he threw the most deep passes of any quarterback. So generally, when a quarterback throws more deep passes, their accuracy is going to fall. However, right, because the further you throw down the field, the less likely it is the ball is going to fall in the right place. With Aaron Rodgers, he threw the most deep passes of any quarterback last week with 10. And he was the most accurate of any quarterback last week. So that should give you an idea of how incredible he was. Do you think A-Rod is back? It's the same question that we have with Big Ben, but I think Big Ben is older. Uh, well, he is older. He's. Um, I think. I think Aaron Rodgers is back. I think that he's the MVP caliber player that he's always been. He's struggled with injuries. They struggled with a coach. They struggled as a team. Um, now it's all about health. If they stay healthy, I think they'll be a very good team. That division isn't so hard. It's really just them, the Vikings. Um, I don't see the Lions going anywhere and. The Bears. 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 The Bears. The Bears. The Bears Bears will be the Bears. Bears. Mitch Trubisky will have a couple uh, game-winning passes like he did last week, but other than that, maybe five or six wins. Exactly. (laughs) Their defense defense may come through a few times, but Aaron Rodgers really has nothing to worry about. Um, It should be a smooth sailing. As long as they stay healthy on that team, it'll be easy sailing. And they're going up against Lions defense, which has three injuries in the secondary. It's depleted. So, you know, A-Rod should certainly be able to take advantage. And that's an interesting argument we put up. A-Rod and Big Ben, that comparison, they're similar in age. Although A-Rod hasn't suffered the amount of injuries and 
and, and hits throughout his career that Big Ben has. So I would argue that it's not necessarily the same situation. I would argue that A-Rod has a better chance of returning to his old form than Big Ben does. And also, we saw this from Big Ben last year. Like you said, he starts off quick and then declines. And we know that Big Ben has the, has that aspect to him where he can be up and down. He can be consistent. As great of a quarterback as I'm a big fan of Ben Roethlisberger. He's a first battle Hall of Famer. He's one of the clutchest quarterbacks I've seen in the last 20 years. And he never gets rattled. And he can make plays in so many different ways. But he has been a, a bit of consistent throughout his career, more so than Rodgers. Rodgers just has fallen off the map, fallen off the map the last few years for the most part. But Big Ben is a little different of a situation. I would say A-Rod has a much better chance of retaining his old form than Big Ben does. Yeah, most I would likely. certainly say that. Let's move on to the Sunday night game last week. The Cowboys, they fell short of a victory. Very highly touted team coming into the year. Very excited. And here they go, put up 17 points against the Los, the, 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 the Los Angeles Rams. And they're thin on offensive line. We saw that last week. Aaron Donald was able to, like we mentioned, able to pressure Dak Prescott 10 times. One player pressuring a quarterback 10 times. I mean, just think about that for a second. So there's certainly unbelievable. unbelievable. There's certainly a problem there. And they're thin at offensive line. Their left tackle, Lyle Collins, he's a starting left tackle. He's on IR now. That doesn't help matters. They're going to have to really find a way to make plays otherwise because they have expectations. They, they have a division in which they could take advantage of, but it's going to be hard for them. Yeah, definitely the mounting injuries are definitely going to make this difficult for uh, Dallas. And uh, if, if Mike McCarthy taking over, um, they definitely have to get used to his style of offense. I think it's different from Jason Garrett. Um, so we will see what Dak Prescott can do this week. Um, it's definitely a chance because Falcons don't have such a great defense. They get banged up easily. Um, both teams need to hire a new strength and conditioning coach. Um, it's just a suggestion for a, bun- for a bunch of teams in the <laughs> NFL. That's true. Um, Can never hurt. But, nope. Yeah, but we'll see what happens. Dallas is definitely going to have a struggling year if they, can't, if they have injuries mounting nope. up. Both no question. Dak, and the reason is because Dak Prescott's not good enough to carry that team alone. He needs a supporting cast. Without a supporting right. cast, the Cowboys yeah. likely won't go anywhere. So they're going to go up against the Falcons. Falcons have a lot of question marks, too. Uh, Matt, Ryan, and Dak Prescott are two quarterbacks looking to show the league that they can play. And, you know, they've had success in the past. But they really they, – they, they, they need these wins. Both these teams need these wins. Falcons could very well put the Cowboys at 0-2, and, that, and that'll be dangerous for our team. That'll be dangerous, you know. A team that had so many expectations going into here, starting off 0-2. Season's not over. Again, a lot of these things is overreaction week one. Like, we say, oh, this is it. He played terribly. He's going right. to be terrible. He's going to be great. It, it, we, should, we should call the podcast overreacting to week one because it is. we are overreacting, but we, we're just putting it into perspective of what it could be, what it can't be. So there's, that's really what absolutely. we're getting at. You're absolutely, that's the best way of saying it. We're putting it into perspective. What potentially could happen, we have no idea what's going to happen. Everything that could happen in week one could be flipped upside down. And often that's exactly what happens. But we're just like to over, of course, awesome. as a podcast, a podcast, podcast host, we like to overreact. It makes it exciting. People want to listen. People go, what? You're such idiots. And then when we're proven wrong, which we will be wrong, <laughs> a bunch of the things we say, most likely everyone is. They'll be like a bunch of idiots. Look what you said here. Look what you said there. No, I'm kidding. You guys are all nice. Nobody will say a bunch of idiots. I'm just kidding. Of course not. We're never accusing guys. But if we're right. Nobody's going to say we're right. If we're right, we're going to brag. 
We're gonna brag. We're gonna you brag best aren't believe right. it. <laughs> um, you know who are bragging? The Chiefs are just gonna brag. I think the Chiefs are gonna steamroll the Chargers this week. I, I love how the Chargers did last week, but I think that the 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 the, the Chargers are good, but the Chiefs are better, and that's that's the bottom Chargers line. Chiefs is like one of those you know a couple of years ago you saw Chargers Chiefs you're like ooh that's a good game you know we got that's a must must see TV. But um, the, the reality is that's not so much the case anymore. You know, Chargers don't have Philip Rivers anymore. So that's a slower ran offense. They don't have Derwin James in the secondary, although I will say that that secondary is still good with Casey Hayward and Chris Harris. That It's still a very good secondary. It's still a good defense. A very mediocre offense with Tyrod Taylor at the – Great defensive line. Great defensive line. It's a very good defense. It, it, it is. And, and, and they certainly – that's why it's a good matchup to watch. It's still an intriguing matchup to watch because you're going up against, obviously, one of the best quarterbacks in football and Patrick Mahomes and a guy that could beat you in so many different ways. You need to have a complete defense to sustain him. You're not going to hold him to, five, to 10 points most likely. You're not going to, you know, make him have – even last week we saw he only he, – he had a very mediocre game, mediocre performance, nothing crazy for Patty Mahomes, solid game, and they easily beat a good Texans team. So what that tells me is that Patty Mahomes is so good that his a little above average performances are good enough to help the Kansas City Chiefs win by two scores. Yeah, I, I definitely see the Chiefs uh, having struggle scoring off this defensive line, but I don't. But the Chargers aren't going to be scoring much either, and the Chiefs' offense is just much better than the Chargers' defense. So. They're going to be able to score, and it's just going to be another steamroll for the for the yeah, uh, Chiefs. And uh, the charge, the charges, despite you know Joey Bosa himself had seven pressures last week on Joe Burrow, but again that was against a very bad Bengals team, a rookie quarterback, and uh, defense played well. But against Patty Mahomes, that's going to be a real test for the Chargers. So we'll see how they fare there. Speaking of the Texans, um, their defense looked terrible last week against the Chiefs. I mean, terrible and awful. And again. I, I, well, a lot of teams are going to look bad against the Chiefs. That, that's year. just that's it. Uh, you know, it's hard to – I think the similar concept with the Browns last week. Like, was it just that their offense is so bad still or they were just going up against an extremely explosive Ravens offense, similar with the Texans defense? Do we put so much weight into their performance in week one? I don't think we do, although we didn't necessarily expect much from the Texans defense before the season. But that was a bad performance they put up last week. Patty Mahomes is tearing into shreds. And – um you know, they have, they have injuries, and they have a lot of question marks on that defense. And uh, that's not going to get easier against the Baltimore Ravens. That's not going to get easier. I no, mean, not at all. Definitely I mean, listen, the, the Baltimore Ravens might have the second best uh, – the second toughest offense for a defense to rebound behind the Kansas City Chiefs. Deshaun Watson might have to win this one in the shootout. Yeah. It's, uh, if, if Deshaun Watson's, Deshaun Watson's going to want to beat the Ravens, he's going to have to put up a lot of points. They're going to have to get real risky. If you remember last year, the Ravens played the Chiefs, and I want to say in week two, Week correct? four, I believe, right? And week three or week oh, yeah, four? Yeah, yeah, correct, week four. Yeah. Whatever it was. And if you watch that game, the Ravens went into it thinking, there's no such thing as fourth down. We're going to go for it. We're going to go for two. We're going to play risky. And that ended up backfiring on them at the end of the game. And, 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 and they took a lot of backfire for it from it, but – that's how the the, the, the the Texans are going to have to go into this. They're going to have to be the most aggressive team, the most aggressive offense. They're going to have to keep up with Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. And that's no one – I mean, last year into the playoffs, but no one was able to do it in the regular season last year besides the Chiefs. 
So it's really the Chiefs, the Ravens, and they're both going against a, a horrible Texans defense. And I think it's just going to be another steamroll for the Ravens, just like the Chiefs did and last year. And just week. like the Ravens did last year against the Texans, beating them by over 30 points. So that was an absolute right. uh, steamroll as well. And I actually believe that the Texans have a chance in this game, and I'll tell you why. I think that the Texans match up well with the Ravens, not on the defensive side, but on the offensive side of the ball. Because I think that the Ravens' defense played very well against Baker Mayfield and the Browns last week in a good offense, and they played very well. But Deshaun Watson can, can is one of the only guys in the league that could potentially beat Lamar Jackson in his own game. One of the only guys. Because he's got the legs. He's got the throwing ability. He's good enough where if he puts on one of those Deshaun Watson performances, we could see the Texans come out with a victory on Sunday. I just don't know if he's going to put up one of those performances. Mm-hmm. Like I said, it is likely, barring a Lamar Jackson failure this week, it is likely he will have to win in a shootout. He will have to put up 30-plus points this week. I'm not saying for sure, but it would likely will have to do that. And Deshaun Watson has the capacity to do that, but it's not necessarily guaranteed that he will. That's correct. But the, the issue with Deshaun Watson's team is that their defense is not as good as the Ravens' defense. And the Ravens' defense will be able to cover Will Fuller and Brandon Cooks and the rest of those that receiving core, while the Texans are going to struggle to cover Hollywood Brown, Willie Sneed, um, Mark Andrews, who finds ways to get open. And then the, the Chargers have a really – not the Chargers, the Texans last week let the rookie running back run all over them. So how is that going to look for another reading? You have Mark Ingram, J.K. Dobbins, Justice Hill, Lamar Jackson's legs, who, who he didn't really use a lot of his legs last week. He's, he did run a little bit, but he didn't run like he did last year. Will he use his legs this game? If he has to, he might have to. He might have to. Absolutely. might have to see Lamar Jackson take off a lot more running yeah, this year. Maybe. This week. Maybe it's possible. And you're right that the Ravens certainly have the matchup advantage on all facets of the game. I'm just saying that if there's one area that can, they can exploit the Texans and perhaps come out with a victory, it would be Deshaun Watson putting up a Deshaun Watson-esque performance and trying to come out with a victory. Okay, so then what's interesting is that Lamar Jackson last week was only behind only Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers and the highest-graded quarterbacks. Um, and Russell Wilson is a guy we're going to get to right now because he put up a fantastic performance last week, showing the Seahawks a lot of promise. Before the season, a lot of people – we're sort of just saying, oh, you know what? We have the Ravens and Chiefs, and then after that, we don't really have any surefire teams that are going to contend. The Seahawks and the Packers, but right now we're going to discuss the Seahawks, look like after week one, again, an overreaction, but they look like a team that can that can be up there with the Ravens and the Chiefs. Yeah, every year Russell Wilson is going to put his team in, uh, in, in the best team of the in, – in the team, the number one team that year. That's because Russell Wilson is one of the best quarterbacks – in the last five years to play the game. And what's crazy is every year he gets, he gets snagged of that MVP. Um, every year he's in the voting for it. Every year he's top three usually, and every year he doesn't win it. Um, so he's, he's definitely out for revenge to win his MVP, to win the Super Bowl. He's been there. He's won a Super Bowl. He's lost a Super Bowl on, on a bad play, um, or some might say it was the right play, wrong play. We can always argue that. But um, I think Russell Wilson is, is one of the best quarterbacks, and he's going to have a good week this week. And perhaps the reason that Russell Wilson has been stripped of those MVPs is a result of the Seahawks not letting him play his game. I mean, last year, on first and second down, he only threw 49% of his passes. Last week, in week one, he threw 63% 
on first and second down. So we saw that the Seahawks allowed him to play his games. <laughs> Russell Wilson is one of the best pocket passers in the game. If you put the game in his hands, you will be successful. That's the bottom. You will be a Super Bowl contender. That's how good Russell Wilson is. So they just need to let him play his game. And it was very assuring to me last week that they did, in fact, let him, let him play his game. And he's going up against Stephon Gilmore in that tough Patriots defense this week. And that's going to be a good matchup. That really will be. I think he can, he, can, he can manipulate it. I think he will be successful. If they let him throw the ball in the same fashion that they did last week, they will still be successful. I'm scared. Oh, they're going to go away from it. They're going to be like, oh, you know what? Patriots, great. One of the best secondaries in football. Let's start running the ball again. No, 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 no. You put the ball in Russell Wilson's head. I don't care who's defensive. You're going up against the 85 Bears. Well, if you're going up against 85 Bears, you probably don't want to run either. <laughs> but okay. or, or the, the 2000, 2000 Ravens. Ravens. Defense, or the Steel Curtain. You don't want to run on these defenses either. Pick your poison. But I don't care which secondary you're going up against. You put the ball in Russell Wilson, one of the best quarterbacks that I've ever seen. Put it in his hands. Let him make the play. play. Let him win you a game. You don't. You don't have a guy like Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers. I'm just giving for example, and not let them do their thing. Run the offense. Manipulate other teams. You have to let them play their game. And the fact that the Seahawks stripped that of him last year is mind-boggling to me, and to the mind of many others. I'm not the only one that have this this question. Uh, yeah, there's, there's a, lot a lot of question, of question marks. marks. Lots in lots Seattle. Of and we'll, we'll end with this one more interesting matchup that if it believes on Monday night, the Saints against the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, Drew Brees and Derek Carr are looking very similar at this point in, in his career. I mean, uh, listen, if only Derek Carr would be a 43-year-old, 41-year-old Drew Brees, that he would have a pretty good career. Yeah. But both both guys like to, like to pass short to intermediate. Last week we saw that. Um, both led their teams to victory. So we see it's a recipe for success, but we also see that it doesn't necessarily make for so many highlight reels. It, it's, it's effective, and that's, and that's what matters. And as long as it's working. Now, the, thing, the difference between Drew Brees and Derek Carr is, is that I don't think Drew Brees is capable of going throwing the deep ball. While Derek Carr, now with his new uh, receiver, Ruggs, who loves the deep ball, there's going to be more deep balls being thrown. Um, Hunter Renfro is good also at going deep. He's also good underneath. So, and Darren Waller. So they didn't have a deep threat, but I believe that he has the deep threat ability. And therefore, it, it's, it's, I'm not going to say he's better than Drew Brees. Drew Brees might be, and some do consider him the best quarterback of all time. He's the, he was one of the most accurate quarterbacks of all time. So we'll see what happens. Drew, but I do think that Drew Brees... Is kind of falling off. I agree. The and what 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 do you think is holding back Derek Carr? You think John Gruden is playing a more conservative offense? I mean, I wouldn't put it past him. I mean, John Gruden wants to win football games, and if throwing the short ball is going to be the most effective way to keep his team on the field and his defense off the field, that's maybe and what that's it is. fine. You you can throw five to ten yard passes from today until tomorrow, but you're not going to win Super Bowls like that. I mean, especially in today's NFL. You need to throw the ball down the field every once in a yeah, while. You need to keep the defense on their feet. You need to keep them guessing. Yeah. So that's not – I think Henry Ruggs, Henry Ruggs is definitely going to make that happen. I, th- I hope so because I think the Raiders have some promise, you know, and uh, this is going to be an interesting matchup. Uh, like I said, might not be the most exciting matchup, but will still be an, a, a good game, a solid game to watch. Good football being played on both sides. 
yeah, it's definitely um, it's definitely interesting. Uh, it's Monday Night Football, so it's a great way to end the week. It's 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 a court, two quarterbacks that play the same way, two exciting teams. Um, it's gonna be a great coaching matchup, that's for sure. Love John Gruden, um, and uh, and 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 um, Peyton on the other side. So we'll see what happens there. And let's wrap that up for the NFL this week. We'll get more. We'll after next week after week two's matchups. We will go ahead and look at all those matchups, and it's going to be an exciting week two in the NFL. Football is back, and we're all very excited about that. But something, uh, 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 yeah. I think the one team we didn't, the one game we didn't talk about was the uh, the Bears Giants, but there's not much. To well, talk the Bears, about, the, really, yeah. Well, the, the Bears Giants again. We're going to have to see. I, I, I'm very excited for my point to be proved that how far will Saquon Barkley go with without an offensive line. And against a tough Bears defense, to, 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 it's going to be interesting to see if Saquon Barkley will, will – I don't think he'll rush for six yards again next week. But will it be no. a little better than that? I, 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 again, at the end of the day, as good as he is, he'll only go as far as his offensive line takes him. And that goes for most running backs – not most, all running backs in the NFL. Uh, that's correct. So I think that will wrap us up. We went through well, all the games. That, that wraps up – that definitely wraps up the NFL week two. Um, yeah, it definitely wraps up the NFL. But onto, if you want to talk about basketball, Rocky, I definitely have time to speak about uh, basketball. Um, it's an, it's exciting. But the Miami Heat are rolling, and what Denver is doing is it's so impressive. I mean, the the dad the what what the Clippers blew is I, I, it's so it's crazy to me actually if you think about it. I don't even know how to explain. Doc Rivers has to go. That's it. It's 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 that simple. He he blew the game for them. His team was not interested in playing for him. It was a disaster. What do you think, Rocky? Listen, you could blame it on Doc Rivers, but you could also blame it on Kawhi Leonard and Paul George for going a combined two from eighteen uh, from the field in the second half. So you know when your when your star players don't show up in moments that they generally do. You were on the record saying a few days ago, and I agreed with you on this that Kawhi Leonard will show. Up. I thought the Clippers were going to win the game. Kawhi Leonard will show up because he always shows up in the big moments, and he didn't, and Paul George didn't, and it shocked me. It shocked me. This was shocking to a lot of people, to a lot of NBA fans, and the Nuggets, the the, the fashion in which they did this, coming back from 3-1. They came back from 3-1 in the first round, I believe, as well. I mean, they won six elimination games this year that is actually – ties the record made by the Denver Nuggets, I believe, in 1984. Don't quote me on that. I believe in 1980, <laughs> I won't 1994 you. for the most elimination game wins in a single postseason. And they still have two rounds to go. So the Nuggets, who knows what's going to happen with the Nuggets? That's They're going crazy. up against LeBron and the Lakers. But who knows what's going to happen with the Nuggets? Jokic just proved time and time again that he's one of the best players in basketball. Yeah, I saw a stat today saying that something about Kawhi Leonard is 0-8 in the in – the, in the, um, in the second round. Oh, I saw the, um, I, I saw this number. I saw this number. Stat. With a chance to clinch a conference stat, final. Right? Oh, and 8 with a chance to clinch a right. conference final. Correct. Unbelievable. It's, it's, it's weird because Kawhi Leonard, this player that's been so clutch throughout his career, remember, in the, uh, remember on the San Antonio Spurs and on Toronto Raptors, literally, I mean, on the San Antonio Spurs as a youngster, came in there and was be- and played better than young Tim Duncan in some ways and led them to victory and then came on the Toronto Raptors and brought a team 
that that represents a whole country and beat the best team of all time in the Golden State Warriors. And now we have him here against the Denver Nuggets. And they give up a 3-1 lead. Who would have seen this coming? Who would have thought everyone was looking forward to Clippers-Lakers? It's not going to happen. The Clippers, I thought that with the, the fact that they got a five-month hiatus, I thought that they would be able to come out and play ball and not be tired. Um, as we know that Kawhi Leonard has been resting most of the year for this moment, and he just didn't show 100%. up. There's no doubt about it. And uh, it, the hiatus did not help them. And I think perhaps for the more veteran no. teams, the hiatus was not beneficial. Um, I don't know why. I think just because we'll, they had a group. We'll see, we'll see what the Lakers The do. Lakers are a different we'll story. Lakers, LeBron. Veteran Lakers LeBron's thing. a breed in itself. So he's not a proof to anything else. But we'll have to see. That's going to be an interesting. We'll definitely keep an eye on that throughout the series, despite the fact that we're primarily focusing on football right now. We'll keep an eye on the, Cl- on the Lakers and Nuggets. And then we'll obviously keep an eye on the Heat and Celtics. And the Miami Heat making their, their, their Cinderella run through the playoffs right now. Someone described what's going on in the NBA as if it was like a NCAA tournament where it's just – if it, the, the NBA is anyone's game right now. I know that – there's right? Because if you think about that, it's the final four right now. And, and you have – you know, you're, and like in the NCAA tournament, you have your one good team you know, or, or two good teams – and then you have a bunch of Cinderella teams. And, uh, you know, here I think we have the same situation where Celtics, Heat, they're very good teams, but they weren't projected. And we didn't think we'd see them this far. Um, and the same thing on the other side, we didn't think we'd see Denver this far. Uh, we thought we'd see the Lakers this far. So, but, but we'll see what happens. It's going to be an interesting. And um, as Kyle Kuzma put it today, he goes, we were never looking forward to seeing the Clippers. We were never looking forward to seeing Denver. We were focused on our game, you know, and, and, and the Lakers know that Denver's not just going to give them an easy win. And even if they do get past Denver, they're going to either have to face Miami or face the Boston Celtics. And that's definitely not going to be an easy game either. Very, all three teams have, are, are one of the, the, the best coaches in the league are from those three teams. And it's certainly a reason why they made it that far. You're correct. And I think a bigger reason also why you have these Cinderella teams in the East, at least, is because you have a lot of the best players from each team leaving. For example, the Celtics – Lost Kyrie and got Kemba Walker. A lot of flux there. And then you had the Brooklyn Nets, who were supposed to be a powerhouse, but obviously didn't have Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant this year. We'll see how that pans out next year. The Bucks were supposed to be the powerhouse of the conference, but they got upset by the, by the Heat. You had the Raptors losing Kawhi Leonard. There was a lot of different things going, going in the East against the East this year. And that's why we have two teams in the Celtics and Heat, which nobody would have project, predicted before the year in the Eastern Conference Finals. And, and you can never forget what's going on in hockey as the, uh, the Dallas Stars just uh, they, they just went right past the, uh, the Vegas uh, Golden Knights. Um, when does the Stanley Cup and now Stanley all the Cup starts? Well, we, we have um, – I'm trying to remember the date the Stanley Cup starts, but we still have a, 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 a series that uh, the Islanders were up 3-1 to one, or were up 3-1 to one, and now it's 3-2. Um, tomorrow night, a game. Against the Lightning. Um, it's in Lightning and the Islanders. Yeah, the Lightning- yes. So that that that's game yeah, six. Yeah, the Lightning got a. I, I mean, I, I I'm sort of rooting for them. I feel like the Lightning oftentimes make it, you know, make a good run in the playoffs, and only to to lose in the playoffs. Yeah, they are like they are like the Capitals, where they just they need to get over the hump. And uh, I think this might be the year that the uh, the Lightning get over the hump. Now they are they were down three to one. So let's see if they can make a comeback. I'm rooting for them. 
I never like when New York teams win because <laughs> the, the fans are always so loud. No offense to my New York fans, but um, you got, you're very loud at that. Well, because they have so many teams, you know. Yeah. If one loses, the other one wins. So they can root about they can root for that team and not the other one. Okay, so the Mets stink, but the Yankees are oh, the good old Yankees. Boston, <laughs> they always have Boston. It's between Boston and New York. They're always winning, and it's no, enough. You, let, 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 let the rest of you the know, world win. It's true. You know, I really think there's there's something. I, I, I'm not going to bash on the New York teams, especially the Yankees. Like, listen, <laughs> listen. The Yankees, for all their faults, they've won 27 World Series, which is by far more than everyone else. There's no arguing on that point. It's just that don't complain when you're not winning every year. We we want to win some too. You know what I'm saying? Let us win a couple. Why don't you share the wealth? It's crazy. The Yankees take it from everyone. And and we definitely and and speaking of baseball, we definitely can't uh, leave out that I know that many of us aren't baseball fans here and we don't feel really follow a lot of baseball this year. Um but we have to say that the playoffs are around the corner. It's a 60-game season this year. Um, they've played about 40, about 50, te- 50 games about. So 10 more games to go to the season, and uh, about every team's different, obviously. And we're going to have an exciting uh, baseball playoffs. More teams make it, more chances. Um, yeah, it's we'll going to be an intriguing, an intriguing playoffs because, number one, you said more teams make it, and number two, there's only 60 games in the season. So – as a result of that, you're going to have teams yeah. that wouldn't generally make the playoffs making the playoffs this year. So we'll see how that plays out. We have the NBA coming down to the wire. We have the NHL Stanley Cups coming up next week. We have the MLB playoffs coming up next week. Yes, my Steve. And a big announcement in sports. The Big Ten football conference is returning to play in October. I don't know if you I saw did. that headline I did in fact today, see that. But that is – um, I, as uh, Scott Mantell says, he's very proud to be a Maryland fan. So am I. And um, so it's good to have Terps football. I know that we're not great, but it's, it's always good. good. And it's going to be good to see the Big Ten back on the field. It's weird to see some, some conferences playing, some conferences not. So it's going to be nice to see everyone playing. You know, I, I sort of feel like although the NCAA works in conferences and as if they're different leagues almost, it's nice to see everyone playing because we, we, we see those teams play against each other many times it also gives the opportunity it also has opportunity I, I i hate that the fact that there wasn't an ncaa basketball tournament because we didn't get to see the guys that that come up that there, there are certain names that are drafted in the nba that are no names in the nba today because of what they did in the tournament we wouldn't they wouldn't even be a, a name on in, in, but they became household names because of what happened in, in the ncaa tournament and the same thing in football there's a lot of college football players who aren't getting their chance to shine this year and aren't going to have that opportunity to go on to the NFL. So um, it's good that Big Ten is coming back. The Big Ten players are probably really excited because they'll get their opportunities. And I hope to see the rest of college football play soon because there's all those players that aren't going to get to play. And, Absolutely. That's, and this is something that we could discuss potentially in the future, more incorporate more college into that. Um, but for right now, I think we're running out of time. And we'll wrap it up. Yes. Yeah, we'll wrap. We'll have a time limit here. I know we're not so professional yet, but <laughs> we'll have a time limit. And we'll wrap it up right now. It's been a pleasure seeing all you guys. We'll be back next week to discuss week two of the NFL, perhaps discuss the NBA, um, what goes down over the weekend. 
And uh, till then, follow us on Twitter. You know, we're very active on the Twitter account, on the Instagram account. You can follow us. You can ask us questions. There's no shortage of information there. There's no shortage of continuing communication over there. There's always, you can direct message us on Twitter. You can, you can text our numbers, WhatsApp our numbers, whichever form of communication that you desire. You can do that. Until then, we'll see you guys next time.